I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you've heard this story, but I will share it with you. There was once a man who had his home, and there was a flood. And he said to himself, I have no need to worry about this flood. God will provide. And so the floodwaters rose, and along came his neighbor in a rowboat, and he said, come on, get in, we got to go now, it's flooding. And the man replied, no, it's okay, God will provide. And so the floodwaters rose a little more, and the man sort of crawled up to the second floor of his home, and along came a a rescue worker with a, a motorboat and said, come on, The flood's coming. Save yourself. Get in the boat. Oh, no, God will provide. So the floodwaters rose even higher, and the man crawls out on the roof of his house, and along comes a military helicopter, and down comes a ladder. Come on, get on on the ladder. Come on up. The floodwaters coming. And the man says, oh, no, God will provide. And the floodwaters rose, and the man was swept away and died. And when he gets up to heaven, he says to God, well, I, why didn't you save me? And God replies, I sent two boats and a helicopter. Of course, we laugh as we hear that, but the essential question is, do we believe that God will indeed provide for us? And if God does provide for us, what will that provision look like? Well, when we see the folks in our Exodus reading, they've come out of the slavery in Egypt, and they have been wandering in the wilderness, and their food has run out, and they're uh, concerned about, about dying of starvation out in the wilderness. And uh, they say, Moses, you know, what's up with this? You know, we had it not so bad back there. At least we were alive but now you've brought us out to die of hunger in the wilderness. And God responds to the complaints of of the Hebrew people and says, okay, fair enough, here's what we'll do. You'll get quail at night and you'll get manna in the morning. And so the people woke up the first morning and saw this stuff on the ground that they didn't know what it was, But they found out that, in fact, God had provided for them with the manna, the bread from heaven, and that they would uh, be uh, saved from starvation. So on the one hand, we have the complaints of the Israelites, which in a way are justified in the sense that these folks who have been in slavery have been thrown out into the wilderness, a place they don't know, their life has been turned up on its head, 
They don't know how they're going to survive. They have no idea what's going on. So their fears and their uh, concerns and even their terror uh, is, is understandable. The flip side is, hey, if God saved us from slavery in Egypt, don't you think he's got something in store for us to keep us going? So there is that side of uh, where's the trust uh, in God to provide? So we, we understand this tension in the Hebrew people because, in a way, that tension is our own. Do we believe that God is indeed providing for us in this very moment? We're living in a world of heat and wildfires and smoke. We've been dealing with the pandemic of COVID, and our world keeps changing around us, and nothing seems solid. And where we are, people living in the wilderness. And the question for us as well is, do we believe that God will, in fact, provide for us now? And will we recognize God's provision for us now? As we move on to our gospel lesson from John, we see sort of a different slant on the same question. Jesus has just finished feeding the 5,000 with uh, five barley loaves and two fish, and the people uh, have lost track of Jesus. They don't realize that he's gone away, and they follow him to Capernaum. They say to him, Lord, you know, how did you get here? What's going on? And Jesus says to them, hey, are you really following me because you want to know what's going on? Or do you really just want to be fed again? And he then shifts the discussion from the literal bread that the people have been given, the miracle of the bread, to the spiritual bread from heaven that will nourish them. Jesus goes on to say that uh, when the people ask him for a sign, as if he hadn't given them enough of a sign when he fed them on the mountain, when they ask for another sign in order to believe in him, he says, uh, God has given you the bread from heaven, just as he gave uh, the people the manna in the desert. I am the bread of heaven, the bread that provides eternal life. Now, in this passage from John, John uses the word believe three times in only 11 verses. 
But when he's using that word, he's using it in a slightly different way than we use it. When we say, oh, I believe, we are generally referring to an intellectual assent to something. You know, we agree with that. We are in line with that from a point of view of an opinion or a, 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 a mind stance. But the word that's used for believe in this biblical passage refers to a far bigger believing. It's, in essence, a full body experience. It's meant to be a body, mind, and spirit believing, assenting to. It is assenting to uh, what awakens our hearts, what we value, how we act, and that's how we show what we believe through our whole beings working towards something. What Jesus then does is take that image of bread that the Hebrew people are very familiar with, the idea of manna in the wilderness, also reminding them of the feeding he has given them on the mountain, to the idea that he himself is the bread from heaven, that Jesus is the bread of life, and that this process of eating the bread is the process of integrating all of who Jesus is into our very beings. That we become Christ by eating the bread of heaven. And that by uh, taking in all of who Jesus is, we are transformed into Christ and we are then enabled to become the bread from heaven for others, for the world. Jesus takes that most elemental uh, food, bread, and utilizes that to describe the process by which we are transformed. The bread for our bodies becomes the bread for our very souls. The being of Christ fills us and we become like Christ for the world. In these days where we are buffeted by heat, and the threat of wildfires, when we are bombarded by 
variants of COVID that threaten us at even higher levels, when we are exhausted by dealing with the changes and the instability of the world we live in, our passages for today bring us back to that most basic of questions. Do we really believe that God provides for us? And if we do believe that God provides, then where do we see it? Where do we see God's provision for us right here, right now? I'd like to share with you a a quote that um, I stumbled across, seriously, uh, as I was reading the other day. But it just captured something about this process that I'm trying to describe to you. It's by Albert Camus. In the midst of hate, I found there was within me an invincible love. In the midst of tears, I found there was within me an invincible smile. In the midst of chaos, I found there was within me an invincible calm. I realized through it all that in the midst of winter, I found there was within me an invincible summer. This image of the invincible summer is what Jesus is offering us as the bread from heaven. Jesus is offering us the peace, the strength, the patience, the perseverance, and the deep and abiding love we need in order to continue on day by day, through a world that seems to shift by the moment. We need only to open our eyes to the beauty and abundance of creation, even in the midst of the haze of the smoke from the wildfires, to be touched by this sense of connectedness to something so much larger than ourselves. To see God's provision that surrounds us, envelops us, and upholds us on into eternity. Thanks be to God.